You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. He's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Savior. The Oyigi Igi, indescribable. Lord, we thank you for this time again that you have drawn us together in your house. What a privilege it is to come to fellowship under the control of your spirit. We yield to you, O Lord. Please come and have your way. Breathe upon this time that we will have. And let it be an effect, positive effect, upon every life, here present or following online, for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. Okay, as you know, today is our communion service. Praise the Lord. And um, we do it once a month. Some people do it more frequently. It doesn't matter. It's according to the faith and revelation that they have. And truth be told, left to me, we may even do it once in six months. Every time it's communion, I am afraid. Every time I stand here to preach, I'm afraid. But when it is communion, I'm afraid. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm telling you the simple truth. Every time it is communion, I am more afraid. Every time I stand, I'm afraid. But when it is communion, I am more afraid. Why is that so? Because the Apostle Paul writing to us in 1 Corinthians, where he's telling us about the communion, 11, says that when we don't do this thing well, say because of not doing it well, he says many are sick. And then many are even dead. Praise the Lord. So, if you understand what he's saying, if you've seen some bottles of medications, you see a big warning there. And they say, what? Keep out of the reach of children. Some that will even print poison. Now, it is not poison if you know how to use it. In fact, to the extent that it is powerful... When you know how to use it, to that extent, it is dangerous if you don't know how to use it. And that is what every time I meditate on what that particular passage tells us about the communion, it scares me. And that's why I don't, some people, every time they do it, I, it's okay. I mean, to everybody's level of faith. So this morning, we want to, you know, just have some meditations and then go to this table so that the power that is embedded in it will work for our good in Jesus' name. We understand from Scripture that in Genesis chapter 1, the, like we, I think we referred to that last Sunday, the earth was without form and void, okay? And God spoke and said, let there be what? Light. And the Spirit of God brought it into effect. And as God spoke, the Spirit of God was what? Bringing it into effect. And we've established here that in creation... God's power was made manifest in creation. For all that we see and all that we will yet see 
It's the work of God's creation. He put it into work. By what? By speaking it. And he created man. And in Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says he planted a garden in Eden. Okay? Beautiful garden. And he put the man whom he had formed. And when he put this man whom he had formed, he gave this man the terms of living in his presence. Okay? And what was this terms? Do what I say. Okay? Do what I say. And what did he say? Of every tree of this garden, what should you do? He said, you're free to eat. But this one, just one out of, if you understand botany, you'll know that the species Adam had to choose from is almost uncountable. But just one, he was told not to eat from. Unfortunately and um, foolishly, Adam, just like I and you, we make a lot of foolish decisions, was persuaded by the devil to go and eat just that very one that he was told not to eat. And then trouble came. Man was driven out of this beautiful garden. Worse than being driven out of the garden was that he was driven from the presence of God. If he remained in the garden and God left, it would have still been terrible. But it was a combination Because in his presence is what? Fullness of joy. Where his presence is not, there is no joy. Praise the Lord. So man was driven out and Satan entered into the scene. And became from then the prince of this world. The God of this world. But God in his faithfulness and, you know, in his love for man, made a statement and he said... I am going to put enmity between the seed of the woman and the serpent. And he said, the seed of the woman is going to bruise the head of the serpent. If you bruise something's head, what have you done? You have killed it. You have exterminated it. But he said, the serpent is going to do what? Bruise the heel of the seed of the woman. Praise the Lord. So this thing is not going to take place Without some collateral, you know, damage. There's going to be some damage. But the devil is going to be dealt with. And we see from that account, from that event, that stories, lives began to evolve. And the whole process we see there was God working to bring that seed of the woman who would do that work he wants to be done. And that is what took us to where the Bible says, John 3.16. He says, for God so what? Loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What did he do? Now in Isaiah we are told there was a question in heaven. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Who is going to go and bruise the head of the serpent? Now that question I want to believe was, um, was just, um, you know, to ask. Because if... Angel Gabriel said, let me go. If Angel Gabriel came and died, he wouldn't be able to save me. Neither will he be able to save you. You know why? He's an angel. He's not a man. Praise the Lord. The principle of redemption is that he's the kinsman that will be able to do what? To redeem. So he can save us. Praise the Lord. So what was going to happen? We needed a man to be able to save us. Now, the challenge was that this man that's going to save us was going to be a man who himself needed no salvation. 
And of all men who have been born, the best of them still had sin in them. Because the nature of sin was, you know, embedded in us, in our DNA, from the time Adam fell. So the psalmist said, in sin what did my mother conceive me? But let's leave the one that they gave us from our mother's womb. All of us also, as we grew up, we just had a, a propensity for sin. So not just the one we inherited by nature, we also made choices. So man was doomed as it were. So the only option was that God himself had to what? Become man. Praise the Lord. That's what we find in Jesus. So the son of God had to be introduced as man. And that's why the Bible says unto us what? A son is born, unto us a child is given. Unto us a child is born, a son is given. Praise the Lord, yes. So the son of God was given so that a child will be born. Are you with me? This child that was born was going to live on earth and live and be tried in every point to prove that he was not just being shielded. And then when he's done living, he will now pay the price for our redemption. That price for our redemption is what the Bible begins to tell us when our Lord Jesus invited the disciples to the communion and said to them, I'm going to eat this thing with you, but I will not eat it again until the day what we eat it in my father's kingdom. And what were they going to eat? It wasn't just bread. He took the bread, but he said, this is representing what? My body, which is broken for you. Now, you know, thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, when God speaks, God speaks in the Bible. When, when you read things in the Bible that are written either in present tense or future tense or past tense, you must understand that the reason is written that way is because God is trying to communicate to me and to you. Let me explain to you. You see, where God is, yesterday is today. Today is tomorrow. Are you with me? So when God is speaking at his level, I praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't know if someone is understanding. He said, this is my body, which is broken. I'm just trying to explain that tense. This is my body, which is broken for you. Who was saying it? Jesus was saying it, but he was alive. He didn't say, this is my body, which will be broken for you. This is my blood, which is shed for the remission of sins. His blood was still in his body. But he see, praise the Lord. When we say God is omniscient, or we say, okay, let's use omnipresent. When we say God is omnipresent, it means that God is here. Are you, you, we all know that. And it also means that God is with our children. For those who their children are not here, watching over them. God is with our parents, watching over them, isn't it? God is overseeing their elections in America, be? And God sees the kidnappers that are, you know, there. God can see them. At least you know America can see them. Even if you don't believe God can see them. Praise the Lord. I heard one news yesterday. I wept. I almost couldn't preach. I said, I, I said, what type of... So this thing can be done. This thing can be done. Lord have mercy. Let's leave that. Okay, so God is everywhere. Omnipresence. But another dimension of omnipresence is that God is everywhere in time. God is in yesterday. God is in today. God is in tomorrow. That's why when God speaks to you, and when you come to God in a situation, 
you must adjust yourself to communicate at his level. You see, if I go to you now, if I come to you now and say, please give me five naira or 5,000 naira. And you say, no, you won't give me. What have you done? You have not given me. Okay. Now, however, if I went to God and said to God, Lord, please, I need this blessing now. And let's quantify the blessing as 5,000 naira. Okay. Follow me. Now, God may say no or may not give me now. Praise the Lord. But he has said whatsoever things I ask, what? Believing I should receive. But because God doesn't give me now, I am in my now. So to me, God has what? Not given me. But remember, God is not only now. God is where? He's in my yesterday and he's also in my tomorrow. Now, what happens is this. Because God is omnipresent, that 5,000, I probably needed it now to buy lottery tickets, which I will lose. Are you with me? Or probably needed it to buy puff puff, which will make me fat. And God knows that it's not good for me. So he keeps me from receiving that 5,000 now. But remember, he is in what? Omnipresent. However, what happens is this. As God looks at me, my journey, as I journey in life, that 5,000 I asked him, in mathematics, it will be said to be accruing interest. Finance, right? And that interest, there's the one they called compound interest. In my future, when I need a 5,000 that will be valuable to me, more than that time, the God who dwells always in a now noun, Seeing that then did not give me now so that he can give it to me what? That's where God dwells. Now, if you don't know God in that dimension, you'll be frustrated. That's why the Bible can tell us heroes of faith. It says some of them died in this world, not receiving the promise. It wouldn't help them. It wasn't critical they got it. Are you with me? So when we come to God, we must remind ourselves that he is so much higher than us. There is one new phrase I use for my wife. Now I say you won't understand. That means don't bother. And that means in time, what will happen? You will understand. How many of us tell our children that? You won't understand. Because the dimension at which I'm looking at this situation, there is no way I can explain it to you in your now. Praise the Lord. So God in his omnipresence lives in your, he can see my tomorrow. So when I come to him today, I must be in a place where I will trust him. That he is who, what he said he is. And whatever happens with my now, I know that what my tomorrow is also in his hands. Praise the Lord somebody. Anyway, we're talking about Lord Jesus. So when he said, this is my body broken for it, this is my blood which is shed for many for the remission of sins. He was saying something to them. He's saying, I am going to be committed to this salvation project to the end until it costs me my blood. That's why Hebrews 12 tells us, I believe it's from verse 4, where it says, you have not yet resisted unto bloodshed, striving against sin. He's saying, I am going to follow this thing, what? Through. And what was that saying to you and I? He was saying that God, not just is powerful, 
That's the point I'm trying to get across to us. God is not just a powerful God. God is committed to his project in your life. Praise the Lord. God in Christ Jesus is committed to perfecting what he has begun. When he said the seed of the woman is going to bruise the serpent's head, it would have been avoidable for the, it was possible for the serpent not to bruise his heel, but it would have made salvation incomplete. So he had to go through and finish the entire process, which was his death on the cross. Now, how does that play for us? What it plays for us is this. In the season that we live in, where we have many situations... We have many circumstances, just like the case I referred to. How many of us heard what happened two days ago in Nigeria about the American that was kidnapped, that was, you know, 27 year old? Now, you know the message that sends to kidnappers? Kidnapping Americans is bad business. That's what it sends to them. They will not find any of you in Jesus' name. But when they find people, they should just speak a kata to them. You know what I'm saying? My daddy's going to come, Trump will come. It sends a message that kidnapping Americans is what. But you know why? They will send a submarine. They will send Navy SEAL team. They will use drones. They will use everything and come and get me. Now God is saying to us in the death of Christ, I am that committed to you. I'm not just going to send angels. My son is going to come. And if his blood needs to be shed, I will shed his blood to save you. That's what salvation is about. So when we come to the table, you see, I read the Bible, and I read it, and I read it, I say, what I say? In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, please, let's put it on the screen. Particularly, it was said to us, for as often as you eat this bread, and what? Drink this cup, what do you do? You proclaim the lost death. I had questions. And my question was, why are we not proclaiming his resurrection? His resurrection is a demonstration of his power. Now you and I know now that that's the part that broke my heart. So these people have power to have brought out Leah Sharibu sins. They have power to have brought out the Chibo girls. America, why did we offend you? At least if our own government fail us, are, are we not in the world? Love your neighbor. Come and help us. You understand? So power doesn't excite me again unless that power has interest in me. Somebody didn't get it. You see, power is not just the issue. God is powerful. The Bible says, even the devil believes and does what? Trembles. The devil knows God is powerful. Everybody knows God is powerful. You know God is powerful. But you know the challenge you have many times is that you wonder if that power can act on your behalf. This morning I've come to tell you that power is at work on your behalf. That's what it's about. That's what the communion is about. He said, you have an interest in me. This is my body broken. This is for you. I didn't break it to show the world how powerful I am. You know, there are some people who show power for the sake of power. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The truth is this. You see, if you can send whatever is, whether it's 7 Battalion or 81 Battalion, to Lekki to shoot unarmed youthful protesters singing national anthem with the Nigerian flag, then you, you can send them. They'll be codoning off different parts of the forest and be bringing out this Fulani headsman. It's called technical maneuver. Just block out from, you know, you start from uh, Abuja Kadunabi. Just put them around. Gigi, why are you looking at me like that? You see, just put them around that whole place. 
moving, capture them. You know, we dis- dispose of them. Moving to another place, capture them. It's as simple as that. Isn't it that simple to you or is it only to me? Oh yes, if you can shoot at people sitting down, then you can also shoot at people kidnapping. But in Christ Jesus, he said to us, he's saying to us, this is me. I am God. Now look at how, you know, how great America seems in our sight now because of this thing they did. But you know what? They didn't even send a general. I'm sure most of those people they sent would have been maximum, you know, uh, uh, lieutenants or corporals and, you know, at that level. And maybe some major would have been, you know, in Washington controlling the things. Now, God did not send a junior angel. He did not send a middle-level angel. He did not send Angel Gabriel. He came himself. Imagine if you read the news and you heard that Trump, that Trump himself came for that operation. What would you think about that person that was picked up? You want to know, who is he? That's what the angels are doing about you. That's what the Bible is saying. That the angels are wondering, what is man? What is man? What is man? I was there when you created them. These people, you took dust, formed it and breathed. What is man? Create another set. God said, no, I love them. He said, no, I'm committed to them. He said, no, when I look at them, I just don't see my creation. I see myself. Thank you. I see myself in them. That's what it's about. So when he, he calls us to the table of communion, he's saying, proclaim the value I placed on you. Proclaim the value. Know what I think about you. Know the relationship that I have with you. You are not one of my creations. I know the lion is, you know, powerful. I know the elephant is big, you know. I have created all kinds of things. But you are not just creation. It says, behold what manner of love the Father has set upon us. That what we should be called. Imagine if you come to a big organization. And you're moving around. Maybe uh, whose organization now do we want to use? That would be very big. Gigi, what's the name of that your company? Secure Engineering, yes. Imagine you come to Secure Engineering when they now have 1,000 staff. Okay? And you're moving around and you're seeing people working very hard and say, this person is the GM operations. This person is the GM this. This person is the GM that. And then in the process, they say, this is Oga's son. Who in that whole organization will you be interested in talking to? That's what creation is. As they look around creation, they say, ah, elephant is big. This one is that. But they look at man. They say, this man is called what? The child of God. That's what the Bible says. As many as received him, to them he what? He, it takes a power. In that organization, I'm GM this. It's okay. But to claim to be your God's son is claiming ownership. That's what happened. So today, I didn't want to take much of your time. There's something that I was meditating on, which if the Lord allows us, we're going to come to. But I'm sharing this to move us as believers from superstition. I realize that the temptation for superstition, especially for us Africans, is so high that we are drawn to things that, you know, are magical and, you know, we won't call it magical, we call it miraculous. So there is this... Today is the first day of the new month. I mean, happy new month. There's this happy new month thing, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't worry. I mean, you, we, we are happy anyhow. Mm. You know, but you see, there's nothing about the day 
that should move you. It's superstition. The truth is, happy new month, new year prophecy, you can all those, you were here when we said we are not doing any prophecy. All those who did prophecy, have you checked your prophecy and the month and the year? Did you see answers? Did you see corona? Did you see any of that? You see, all those things are superstition. Now, the child of God has something solid. The Bible says, Hebrews 11, now faith is what? The substance. The faith of the Christian is not superstition. And also, let, let we, I think I've said it here before. When you come to church, God forbid that I'll be angry with you. But even if I'm angry with you, that means I'm trying to say, I didn't say, blessed are you. Instead, I'm saying the other one, which I will never say by the grace of God. Even if I said that, listen to me. The one whom God has blessed is what? Is blessed. All those things are, you know, what people do to feel good. I saw, you know, some advert. They say, invite your family. Let them come for the month's blessing. I say, why are you deceiving people? People will not be blessed because it's a new month. People are blessed because of what Christ did on the cross. And he didn't do it in November. He did it before the foundations of the earth. Is somebody understanding what I'm saying? When your faith is in the correct place, you cannot be shaken. Every new month, you can't renew blessing. You can't hear God for yourself. You're waiting. The man of God wants to bless. Then you, amen, amen. That is a lot of people that are shouting that amen. There is no difference between that amen and they say, "What's the one in Yoruba?" You boys, they say, "What's the one in Yoruba?" I say, "What's the one in Hausa?" There is no difference. People just move about, and heaven is watching. Angels are watching. Say, "What is? What's wrong with these guys?" Then those who are taking it to the next level will give you handkerchief, give you oil, give you different things. Or tell you, come and touch. Do I have a seat here? Come and touch the seat. Bring your wallet, touch it. Bring your checkbook, touch it. All those things are purely superstition. It has no basis. The basis of my blessing, the basis of your blessing, is what Christ has done. That is why the Apostle Paul says, I determine not to know anything amongst you except what? Christ and Him crucified. In Christ, all things are yours. Outside of Christ, there's nothing. Praise the Lord. I'm just trying to help us understand why this communion is powerful. In Christ also healing. It doesn't matter how someone lays hands on me. It's part of the process. Someone's, how did Jesus heal? He spoke some. He sent the word. He laid hands on some. Some he mixed more. That mud could represent medicine. He healed using different things. But do you know the demonstration of the power that heals you it says with his stripes so it doesn't matter whether it is by you know radioactive we speak it by sound by touching by conduction it doesn't matter i believe i will be healed why because our lord jesus's body could not have should not have it was impossible for stripes to be on that back if not that he took it so that i can be healed that is the basis of my faith in healing that's why the bible will say the promises in him everywhere you read the bible and you see you see that everything that is good for us they say in him in him in Christ, in Christ. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places where? In Abuja, no. In Atlanta, no. In Canada, no. In Christ. It doesn't matter where you are. It is in Christ. He's the one. 
and he did it completely. He laid nothing. The Bible says in John 13 verse 1. It says when Jesus knew that his hour had come. Okay. When Jesus, I'm reading from the second. When Jesus knew that his hour had come. That he should depart from this world to the Father. He said having loved his own. What did he do? Who were in the world? He loved them to the end. So I have a savior who has left nothing undone. There is nothing he should have done what that he hasn't done. You know why? You know what, what follows from that? Then there is nothing he has promised I should be afraid of not obtaining. He finished it. How many of us have someone written a check and forgot to sign one place? And you went with the check only to come back because they said, or forgot to tell the account officer, or forgot something. So you've had those experiences. In Christ, there is nothing like that. He finished everything. He did it. On the cross when he hung there, what did he say? He said, it is what? Finished. It is finished. He done it and did it and dusted it, cleaned it, so that you and I can enter into the fullness of what he has done. That's why the apostle Paul says, this thing is not a joke. But I make one quick point before we go to the communion proper. I trust that you're adjusting from superstition to faith, right? So the Lord said, the minister said, superstition is not the faith of God. He can get you excited, no. But the faith of the Christian, that's why you see the Bible is so beautiful. The faith of the Christian is not emotion. He said faith comes by what for the Christian? By hearing, hearing by what? The word of God is tangible. So you can say this is what, what he says. This is what he did. This is the basis of my faith. Faith comes by hearing, okay? So it's not emotion, it's not all of that. What is the word of God about? So if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, what does the word of God do for you and I? The word of God simply reveals God to us. So faith, I'm strong in faith to the level I know God. You cannot separate faith. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, this is eternal life, what? That they may know God, may may know you the only through God and Jesus Christ, you know, Jesus your son whom you have sent. So what is faith? Faith is the knowledge of God. It's living in the revelation of God. That's what faith is. That's what faith is. Now when you now know that God, you see where I'm going now. When you now know that God and know that that God died for you, hey, there's wahala for the devil. Are you understanding what I'm saying? I I remember, I, I think I may have told this story here before. I remember many years ago when I used to do, you know, contracts and, you know, go to my friends in organizations to help me with jobs. I did one job somewhere, and I think you are the one processing that payment. And they were trying to ask me for, you know, um, a gunja or whatever. And I didn't have the, it, it didn't, I looked, the, I didn't have that revelation that I should. So anyway, long and short, I went back to the person who gave me the job. He didn't call on phone. The office is very big. He left his office. Eh? Came and said, who is the man who said they will not process your payment? I'm sure you know that payment was made that day. Are you getting what I'm saying? The point I'm making is this. When you know God, obstacles that you meet, what do you do? You don't panic. You go to the God who, what, who sent you. That is why the Bible can say, be anxious for what? Nothing. How do you respond? In everything, prayer is simply contacting the God who started you up. 
in everything by what? Prayer and supplications. You report back to God and then what will happen? He say, peace. The God who can handle it will take over. That's what it is. That's what it is. So the child of God is strong in faith to the level he knows his God. And the, the Bible tells us, those who know their God, what will happen? They will be strong. What else is faith? They will be strong and carry out what? Great is the knowledge of God that will make you be in a situation and say, this will not happen. Not that you are afraid. You say, this will not happen. Or be in a situation and say, I demand that this happens. It's the knowledge of God. Elijah said to Ahab, as the Lord God what lives. He didn't say, as I'm angry. Do you understand? He didn't say, as these people have provoked me. No, he said, as the Lord God lives before whom I start. Later on, when he was going to call down the fire, what did he say? He said, let it be known that I've done all these things according to your word. So, why do you come to church? Why doesn't this pastor bless you? The truth is that I bless you beyond what you can know. And when you go home, you see, how many of us do our own Bible study here? Don't just come here and think this man is a superman. I'm a fellow man like you. Dignes Ivy, you understand what I'm saying? When you go study your Bible, you are a Bible student. Take the New Testament and see how many places where Paul stood before the people. And say, you shall be the head. You shall win. You shall this. You shall this. And they are shouting amen. Look and see where, how many places. Look and check how many places. Even our Lord Jesus did that. The few places you find Jesus, our Lord Jesus in there. Is when he carried little children who don't have understanding. He laid his hands on them and blessed them. But you know when he told us blessed? Blessed are the meek. That's the word. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. That is the word. Blessed are the peacemakers. He didn't call, gather armed robbers, criminals, okay, and say, blessed! And they shout a big amen because the son of God said it. No. You're blessed as you align with the world. Don't let anybody deceive you. If you align with the world, you are blessed. That's the way it functions. So this morning, I want to say, indeed, you are blessed. Why? Because you are aligning with the word. As you grow in the knowledge of God, it establishes your confidence. It establishes your expectation. It makes you know who is for you. In Romans, we are told, if God, these are the questions we ask and answer. If God be for us, who can be what? Against us. You know, if not that, thank God I'm married, but if I hadn't married now, I'll probably be looking for American citizen to marry, since I'm already too old. Do you know how much they invested in coming? And the guy is 27 years old. 27, he's a lad. He's not a neurosurgeon. He's not, you know, a NASA scientist. He's just 27 years. Who probably they'll take back to America now and he'll start playing uh, basketball for the rest of his life. And they invested that amount. Why are people looking at me like that? Thomas, it's too late for all of you. We're here. <laughs> We are here. <laughs> we are here. Praise God. Don't worry. We don't have America at our back, but we have a greater than America. We have the King of Kings. We have the Lord of Lords. We have the mighty God. Praise the Lord. Yes. Yes. Horses and chariots, they do their bid, but our God is mighty. Our God is greater. Okay. So this morning, I just want you to be encouraged that you're not on this journey you know, just beating about the bush. No, no, no. You are on this journey 
by the divine appointment of God. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, you, if you're born again and you're here, he said, you have not chosen me. That, that should give someone faith. Do you understand? So sometimes I remind myself, I say to myself, you know what? You know, who, who is the coach of uh, uh, Manu? Who is Manu or one of these coaches? There is Asin Wenger, that's Asna, former Asna. Imagine if as, 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 as I were work for football now, Okay, we're doing governor's week and we're playing, you know, in, in some local place. And as in Wenger comes and says, I pick you. you. Do you know that all of a sudden skill will enter my body? I say, who are you, sir? He said, I'm the I was scout for the senior, not se- it won't be junior now, for the senior Arsenal team. When I get home, this is how I'll be walking. Because something is going to begin to tell me. You have something in you. God chose you. Rise up on your feet. You didn't choose him. He chose you. And he ordained you. He said this one will bear fruit. This one will win. This one will be victorious. This one will be a terror to the devil. This one will be a blessing to my kingdom. This one will praise me. I need you to open up your mouth. If there is a fight you're fighting, you have come to the place of understanding. God is for you. Jesus, the son of God, who started this work in you. The Bible said he is faithful to perform it until when? Until 2020. No, until the very end. Until he looks at you and sees that every promise, every purpose of God is accomplished. I want you to go to the place of prayer. Before we go to the table, tell him, Lord, you died for me. What you paid for will not be wasted. My life, I surrender. My days, I surrender. My ministry, I surrender. My career, I surrender. He said, I have chosen you. I have selected you. I have picked you up. You didn't do that. You didn't apply for this position. None of us apply for the place of the child of God. He did that by himself. And because he did it, then trust him that he will perfect that work. Somebody is in church and you're thinking that you're not good enough. God can take you from where you are and you'll be a surprise to yourself. He took Saul of Tarsus. He was a murderer. He was a persecutor of the church and took him and transformed him. And Saul had this testimony of himself. He says, I was a chief of sinners. But that's not what he became. This morning, I need somebody in faith to talk to the Lord. To talk to the Lord. I, you see, do you need a miracle? Ah, ha, ha. Provision, deliverance, sanctification in Christ Jesus. All of these things are given to us. He will not give. They are given. We are already blessed with all these things in heavenly places. Boy, here on earth, our faith downloads it. I need you to talk to the Lord. I need you to forget who is by your side. I need you to forget and just think about it. Jesus, the son says, all the way to Calvary, all the way. He didn't stop at the first bus stop. He didn't stop at the gas station. All the way to Calvary, Jesus went for me. And he did that same for you. So what will separate us? What will separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus? This morning, I need you to wake up yourself. For me, even when I think about my country, Nigeria, I say, no, nothing in my country is able to separate me. Jesus loves me, though I'm a Nigerian. 
He loves me so much. Yes, he does. He does. He does. He does love me. He does love me all the way. 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 Somebody needs to settle something. If I were you, I wouldn't look around. Shut those eyes and see him. He says, we proclaim his death. He died for me. He died for you. He died for us. He said to us, no man takes my life. I lay down. I consider the implications. I considered everything. And I said I would do it. I said I'll do it. Your marriage, he can heal it. The Jesus that died for you will heal your marriage. He will heal your body. The Jesus that died for us will heal our nation. He will heal our country. The Jesus that died will bring you out of indebtedness. He went to the cross for you. He will change you. He will give you victory. He will give you power. What Jesus has done emboldens me. What Jesus has done strengthens me. What Jesus has done charges me. He did it for me. Yes, he did that. And the greatest, the greatest, the greatest part of what he did is that I will be translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. What does that mean? I don't walk about on earth now a captive of the devil. I don't walk about a pawn in the hands of the devil. He makes me do this today. He makes me do that tomorrow. And he's ready to take me and take me to hell any moment. If you're here and you have not broken off from that bondage, Jesus is here to set you free. He wants to welcome you into the kingdom of the Father. His arms are open. You have never called upon Jesus to save you. He's here to save somebody. I don't know who you are, but you're here. And you feel that you're the one. Jesus, he died for you. He laid aside his majesty for you. Then I want you to raise your hand anywhere you are so I can pray with you. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.